filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back for the first time in 2019, the CEO, founder of Man Cook Good, our buddy, Jeremy Johnson. What's up, Jeremy? Did you already open the show? Am I coming in? My second guest? No, no, no. You are coming in off the theme song. I did not even do an intro pre-theme song. So people who were tuning in who didn't read the title had no idea you were showing up until just now. Wow. That's unbelievable. Basically a cold open. So, so we don't we don't do the um, we don't do the theme song anymore. Or oh. do you do you drop it in a post? Oh, it's already been dropped in. Oh, is this live? Are we live? Hello? <laughs> it's, we it's, the best, it's the best rehearsal we've ever had. No, oh the theme song the theme song's gonna have already played for the folks listening at home. Future right. us. Future First us will be time, listening. Yeah. It's space, space-time continuum, flex capacitor. Don't worry about it. It is difficult for me to listen to the podcast because I want to be on it and offering my opinion. Oh. And I'm like, I want to call, but you guys have already recorded this. Yeah, right. You know? That's, see, as here, a, here pundit, actually... I have takes that I want to share in the moment that I can't. This wasn't planned. Recorded. This wasn't planned, but back when I was still dabbling and all of us in America were still dabbling with Facebook Live as a thing before we all decided that we hate Facebook, um, that would have been possible because, like, for instance, if I had enough phone lines going, I could have been recording, but doing a Facebook Live, and if you were watching, you could have been like, boop, hot take alert, and... You could do an Instagram Live. I could. People love Instagram Live, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is Facebook, but a different brand that people just right. It's like it's like getting a, a Infinity instead of a Nissan. You still have it's an Infinity. Facebook that I hate. It's people that I hate. Correct. Who are all on Facebook? Right. 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 And for whatever reason, there's mainly a model as a model of decorum on Instagram still, which is good. Right, it's nice. It's just pictures, and you know, it's not—it's yeah. not quite as personal. And that actually leads into uh, something we very briefly touched on on the extremely brief pre-show, which is this week in America. There's like four things that people are thinking about, um, and the two that we're going to touch are like the Instagram of this week's current events, which are football and food. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, let's not even touch the the other things because I'm gonna start yelling and falling at the right. House. Which we want this you to do at some show. Yeah, at some point in 2019, we're gonna want some hot political takes from you. We just don't need them right now because we got football and food. Yeah. I'm. I'm just. Let's move, let's go. Let's go right there. Really quickly though, unofficial sponsor of the week, the Subaru Sound Booth that you're in right now. The 2015 Subaru Forester, unofficial sponsor of the week, Sound Booth. I don't know if you can hear how directly, like, beautiful my audio is, but there's no noise at all. It's just me and the Subaru in the carport of Pacific Ave in Los Angeles, California. Back out west. And the best part is um, you also alluded to the sound booth and the crystal clear sound. And I'm not sure, JJ, if you've heard about the new filibuster freestyle drinking game. Oh, wow. Uh, Andrew Patterson and I invented it, which is if there are any noises on the show besides the booked guest, in this case, Jeremy Johnson of Man Cook Good, or myself, the host, people drink. So, for instance, whenever I put my, my cup down for full water, it echoes through the microphone. That's a drink. You got a drink. Uh, if Jeremy's beard rustles his headphones, you got a drink. If Jeremy's car alarm goes off, 
you got to drink. If my next door neighbor comes in because I'm being too loud at 10.39 on the East Coast, we all got to drink. So the game is called More Inebriated Than You'd Want, and it's uh, the filibuster freestyle drinking game. So any superfluous noise, if you're not drinking and driving, which is bad, if you're just drinking, feel free to drink to the game in the podcast. There have been some pretty noisy podcasts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when Andrew Patterson... Uh, like that was ordered, I mean, you just smacked your lips after drinking. Well, no, nah, I mean, the smacking on the lips, people no, are going to... That's, that's the trick. All right, whatever. People are going to be hammered. Shots. People are going to be hammered. But the one that people will definitely get drunk to in the first five minutes is when Andrew Patterson was ordering McDonald's while on the podcast. <laughs> ordering McDonald's over the phone? No, he was at McDonald's in the drive-thru while Roscoe P. and uh, I were on the on the freaking podcast. So I've never I've never actually done a podcast uh, while driving with you. I've thought about it as a solution to our our space time time zone continuum problems. Right. And uh, my work schedule, but I've never actually done it. But I have considered it in the past. I thought it could be. Um, I'll tell you what. It could be messy, but it could be um, but, potential for genius. But now that we have that thought, plus this drinking game associated with the show, 21 sure. plus only, of course, um, you should do it because then it's really going to take this whole more inebriated than you want to a new level. Yeah, it would have worked out real well when I was working on Top Gun and I had a 40-mile commute home every day. We could have done you know weekly podcasts with drinking games. Well, I'll tell you what. We can dream, we can hope, and hope you get a job with a decent-sized commute. That's, you know, we'll go from there. Pass. Hard pass on the commute. For sure, for sure. You're riding your bike to work these days, it sounds like, which is good. Um, okay. First of all, Happy New Year. I buried the lead on that one. Secondarily, we're doing what I think is like a semi... I don't even want to say it's annual or semi-annual, but every once in a while for a big American sporting event, we'll bring you on to talk about food choices... In this case, you've got four big football games this weekend, eight, eight fan bases, eight cities with cuisines of their own, great stuff. You're going to give us some tailgate ideas for each of the NFL cities that are still remaining, and we're going to talk about our thoughts on the games, which, you know what, we've done it before, people seem to like it, we enjoy it, so we're going to do it again here on the Filibuster Freestyle. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to go in sequentially in terms of the order the games will happen? Do you have a, a place sure, you want? that's a good idea. I like that. All right. Well, I believe the first game is the, the Chefs of Kansas City, the Chiefs, hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Um, where do you want to start with those two teams? Well, the Kansas City barbecue ribs are kind of an easy choice. You know, in terms of parameters for tailgating, like – I'm going to go – most of the people listening to this are not actually going to go to the game at tailgate. Right. So in terms of food for the you know game that's themed for the game, I'm just going to talk about ways you can – things you can prep at home that are, that are going to work, that are going to be thematically correct, and also take into consideration that you actually want to watch the game. You don't want to be cooking. This is a very good point, and you did this last year, and I forgot about it. Good point. It's very this, important because – This is for your home you party. put together this big spread – then you just you miss the game, and you're there not to cook for all your friends. You're there to you know eat and yes. enjoy the you know the experience. Spot so, on. Ribs are a great thing to do if you've got a smoker. Chances are you already know how to smoke ribs, but um, if you don't have a smoker but you have a regular grill, you can you can cook the ribs ahead of time in the oven on a real low temperature, and have them just like ready to go. 
And then you throw them on the grill and you char up the outside of them. And you, because it's Kansas City, you slap sauce all over them. <laughs> and you dump them in, you know, dump them in a big bowl or platter or something. And you eat and you make sure you've got about, you know, an entire roll of paper towels uh, for every two people. <laughs> and hide the remote so nobody gets your remote all messy. Because your remote's going to be nasty if people can touch it with rib hands. Yeah, Kansas City likes their their sticky, sweet um, barbecue sauce on their barbecue. So, you know, get like a sweet baby raise or something like that. Make it easy on yourself. Don't be trying to make a barbecue sauce. Unless you're a cheese fan, you're really trying to bowl everybody over. Just make some ribs. Get baby back ribs. Cook a bunch of them low and slow in the oven, covered in tinfoil and a a big, like, chafing dish type. Those disposable aluminum pans. And then throw them on the grill for like 15, 20 minutes right before you're ready to serve. And have them on the table at game time. Just sounds lovely. Sounds absolutely lovely. It's very civil, too. Like, you know, let's be real. We're busy. We've got jobs. We're trying to carve out some time, trying to do something nice. Have some ribs. Have some darn ribs. And so, by the way, the other fun thing that Jeremy does, and I didn't allude to, is he likes to to make up new nicknames for the team. So we're at the Kansas City Ribs are playing the Indianapolis team. What are we doing in Indianapolis? Indianapolis, not exactly known as a um, culinary hotspot. Correct. <laughs> kind of just like an Americana um, type experience. Although in my, you know, I had the crack research team on it. Yep. Um, I borrowed your team. They're happy and, to work uh, for you whenever you want. Yeah, they're great. They're great. They didn't have a lot going on today. Um, so apparently in Indianapolis, there's a uh, breaded pork tenderloin sandwich of course there is which is you know i mean that's great everybody loves a breaded pork yep except for pigs and vegetarians but you know (laughs) i mean that's super easy too that's something that you can you can hack too in a way that it really works for you um so you don't have to be standing there pan frying pork chops and everybody shows up and you try to sit down and watch your game so you throw the ribs on the you know you take uh, an entire pork tenderloin and um, roll it in, like, Italian breadcrumbs, you know. Yep. Um, maybe put in, like, a little wash of, like, some milk or some egg or something and make it a little sticky. Or you just rub a little bit of oil on it. Make sure you salt and pepper everything all the time. And then you roll it in Italian seasoning breadcrumbs, just your standard, even, like, Progresso brand ones from the supermarket. Nice. And and throw it in the oven on, like, a mid-temperature, like a, you know, 350, 400 until the internal temperature, I forget what pork, I think like 100 and 170 degrees, whatever it is, Google it. Um, until the internal temp in the center is that, or, you know, if you don't have a, um, a, a meat thermometer, um, just Google it. Roast pork tenderloin. Google it. Follow the directions. And it doesn't matter if it's a little bit pink anymore because um, there, there's a reason why pork was always well done, a health reason why. And it's been eradicated. So, like, if you go to a real nice restaurant now and you get pork, it usually comes out, like, medium, medium rare now. Yeah. So, like, you don't have to be quite so diligent about, you know, ruining your pork, basically. Because pork tenderloin barely has any fat on it. And if you overcook it, it becomes really dry. So, cook it to temp. Make sure you take it out before it hits temp. If you have a meat thermometer, get, like, five degrees extra. And then you give it at least ten minutes to sit there and rest. And then just slice it up and put it on bread with condiments of your choice. I do this, you know, like pickle some onions or something. Throw some onions and some vinegar and some water and throw it on there. Something fatty, like because it's a tenderloin 
and you're not frying it, put like a mayonnaise and um, something along those lines. Maybe you get like a season's mayonnaise, put some like sriracha and some mayo and oh, smear yeah. it on there. And um, and there you go. You got you got the the home hack, um, easy as can be, mostly set it and forget it, forget it, breaded pork sandwich. Perfect. Now, if you were going to pick one of those two things to do, this has nothing to do with football, which way would you go? I think I would do the pork sandwich just because it just, I, I like the idea of like hacking a fried recipe. Yeah. Um, I like the challenge of the, you know, of the process more than I like just cranking out ribs. Plus, pork tenderloin, way cheaper than baby back ribs. Fair. Okay, good point. Okay, so we're going to, we got two good options for those of you who care to emulate the cuisine of either Kansas City or kind of a, a Indianapolis food hack, if you will. And, and you know what? And if you really want to step it up, get like a center cut pork loin that is basically what they make boneless pork chops out of. It's got a real nice layer of fat around the outside of it and fat is flavor. Beautiful. And do the same exact thing, but with that. It will cost a little bit more money per pound. It's not like overwhelmingly expensive, though. And um, and you can make like some really nice, delicious sandwiches. Yeah, for sure. So we're picking the sandwiches over the ribs in this particular case. That being said, who you got in the game? You know, man, I am like I am leaning for the Colts for some reason. I I don't know. I just I don't have a lot of confidence in the Andy Reid mm-hmm. um, system. He likes to coach playoff games with his hands wrapped around his own throat. <laughs> It's like, here's the thing I don't think he gets about the playoffs. It's already going to be more difficult because they're trying harder. You don't I think need, he's you don't need to make it hard. Like a rock that he can sun on for the, for the offseason. Yeah. He's thinking about he's, Barbados. He's just like, I don't know. And like Mahomes really crapped the bed the last few weeks. And. You know, they don't have their preferred running back. And I just think, I just, the Chiefs, maybe it's just that been conditioned, but I'm just, and my neighbor is just such a Chiefs fan. He's such a screamer <laughs> that I'm not really feeling it. But, and meanwhile, like, also, you know, a part of me wants the Patriots to pull a, like, uh, 1996. Yep. Um, yep. AFC Championship. Know, yep. Oops. We backed in the AFC Championship and we drew the weaker team, like Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know. Yeah, the '96 kind of Jaguars upset the or whatever the '96. The Broncos, the which Broncos. could never win in Denver, and I think we have a real hard time winning in Kansas City for various reasons. Yeah. But you know, Indies just they got that mojo right now. They're slinging the ball everywhere. They got a good offensive line. Kansas City can't. Stop anyone, it seems, That's on defense. Fair. And Indy's scoring a lot. So I'm I'm kind of feeling an upset. Yeah, I mean there there's there's bound to be one. Um and and the Colts are playing as well as anybody. They started one and five and they ended up ten and six or something like that. I mean, they just haven't lost in a while. Um in one of these years, Andrew Luck is probably going to ascend to the status that he's been anointed since you know before he was even drafted that's fair I mean, and that, that's what always worried me about playing the Colts before they took that little hiatus from relevancy is I'm like this might be the game when right. Luck takes the step right because if he you didn't know, get the hurt the league might be right for it right now yeah you're right because he didn't get if he didn't get hurt this last kind of four year window of like 
underperformance and then just injury, he probably would have taken the leap by now. And so it's to your point, it's probably a question of when, as long as he stays healthy, right? So Yeah, or he never takes the leap and he becomes, you know, like obvious comp and we'll get to him later is Philip Rivers, but like this might be, you know, it's another chance. He's in the game. He's got the offense. He's finally got an offensive line. That's and huge. they can score 40 points, and they might need to score like 45. So, you know, yeah, I it's going to be an interesting game. I do, too. I just really, what I hope this weekend gives us, just in general, last week was like Frady Cat offense, and the defenses always step up in the playoffs, and I get it, but it was like Frady Cat offense. It was terrible. Yeah. Seattle, Seattle's offensive coordinator is adult. Right. And the Cowboys are, you know, they, they closed that game strong, and I'll give them credit. They definitely closed strong. Yeah, but it took them 55 minutes and to it, get going. It, the whole, like, run, run, throw deep, like, Seattle offense is just terrible. Russell Wilson's an elite quarterback. Yep. Get him on the run out of the pocket, throw him to his right side. Yeah, let's make some things happen. Things are going to happen. Right. Make some things happen. So so I just want to see some action this weekend, and I hope it kicks off in Kansas City. Oh, we City. will. Yeah. I think we're going to – I mean, what's the over-under? We should, I guess we should have looked that up. The over-under's got to be really high for that Colts and Chiefs game. Yeah, I would imagine. I bet it's mid-50s. Most As long as the weather holds up, most games the Chiefs played this year were in the mid-50s. Um, I don't see any reason why this wouldn't be other than weather and playoffs. Take the over. Most likely, if it's, especially if it's under 50. And I'm not a gambling man, but if it's at like 49 and a half, take the over. Hit that over. If I, if I, was, if I was betting, I would check the weather and I would like to check Yeah, I would do all course, those things. I would do all those things, which I have not done, which proves the The over's point. a party bet, too. Like, everybody wants the over. You don't want some guy sitting there praying that nobody scores at the party, you know? Right, because then the party sucks as bad as, like, the, 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 the pork sandwich you screwed up, you know? But, no, you know. Yeah, don't screw up the pork sandwich. Yeah, Jeremy gave you guys really good advice. One, he told you what to do, and two, he told you to Google it. When in doubt, I'll tell you Google. one thing. That breaded, that breaded technique, though, it's really good on pork chops. It's kind of like a shake and bake thing, and what it does is it, the 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 um, the breadcrumbs absorb the juices of the meat as they cook out. Okay. So it, it keeps it from drying out. It gives like a barrier, so it doesn't just like pour out onto the you know the pan. The pan. Yeah, for sure. And um, then those delicious juices are then, of course, in the breadcrumbs, which are already seasoned. Which are then um, in your mouth and in your belly and, and great. Soon they'll be in your mouth and in your belly, and, and you'll be you won't mind if there's a guy at your party rooting for the under. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, I think we're both on a similar page, which is people are probably thinking the Chiefs are going to win big, and we're not so sure they will. But if they do, it'll probably be close, and they might not even win. Um, I think gun to my head, I'm going Chiefs win ugly slash close, hopefully more close than ugly. But I w- I'm with you. I'm not shocked if the Colts take the leap. Some people are saying that, including our own JJ. So, all right. Now, help me out here. Who, who's the Saturday night game in the NFC? Is it is it the Cowboys game against the Rams? Is it in L.A.? Yeah, yeah. It's the Saturday game. Okay, so that's in your backyard, so to speak, yep. rel- relative to me, of course. You're literally in L.A. Uh, the Rams. I'll, I'll be working, like, you know, three miles from the stadium, too, um, all day. So. so there you go. So you're actually going to potentially even smell some tailgate smells. But for those, I'll be downtown. Yeah, and if I open up my window as I go uh, by the ten and one ten interchange, I will probably smell some pork and onions. Fantastic. So what are they doing in LA? For what are your what are you? The good news is, well, we'll get to the Chargers later. What are they doing in LA for tailgate ideas, JJ? As a Los Angelino adopted, of course. Yeah, you know. 
I, you know, I don't even really know what they're doing at the, um, at the stadium, but I assume it's probably pretty pedestrian with the sprinkling of a ton of tacos. <laughs> okay. That's fair. The, the new, the hotness in LA right now is Alpha store tacos. It's, it's, uh, like a marinated pork cooked on a vertical spit a la shawarma. Yep. Okay. I learned, I learned recently that was, it was brought over from, um, from there's a Lebanese immigrants to Mexico oh. that started selling al pastor on the streets, a la shawarma, um, and it took off like a craze. And it's barbecue season, pork, like barbecue Mexican barbecue, not like American barbecue. Correct. Um, on a vertical spit with pineapple on the top, and then they shave it off, and it's really, really delicious. Yeah, um, that sounds fantastic. So, and it often it's. It's served with um, with pineapple in the um, in, in the taco. In the taco? Too. Oh, so it's a little sweet, like little savory? Exactly. Oh, exactly. that so, sounds good. Everybody loves that. You can't beat that. No, no you can't. So, um, as far as making that at home, the vertical spit's kind of a tough idea. Yeah, you can't really replicate that too easily. No, nah, you really can't. You know, you could you could work with some pork shoulder. You could throw pork shoulder in a in a um, season up pork shoulder. Put in a, a crock pot or a Dutch oven or something. Dutch oven, and, big um, of the week. Cook it slow until it pulls. You got to get like the entire meat like over like 185 degrees so that the tissue all breaks down. You can pull it apart. Yep, and continue to season it as you pull it apart because. You know, it's nice to have the bark with all the seasoning on it, but you want it, you want it spread throughout. And, um, you know, chop up a pineapple, maybe grill a pineapple or, you know, do one in a skillet if it's like 40 degrees or less where you are. And, and just have some nice tortillas. Don't get crappy tortillas from the white grocery store. Look for the ethnic grocery store and look for some tortillas that are a little bit soft. And if you can't find good corn tortillas, then just settle on flour tortillas. Yeah, for sure. Because at least those are soft and they're not terrible. Yeah, that's the move. The soft is the move. Um, so Cowboys, I mean, what are we doing? Are we going beef? Are we going barbecue? Are we going Tex-Mex? What do you think? Well, it's you know, it's really got to be beef brisket, right? I mean, yeah, it's, kind of, it's Dallas. It's not. It's not El Paso. Yeah, you kind of have to do beef brisket, but that's that's a tough. That's a really challenging. Um, dish to make on a, on a smoker or on a barbecue. It takes a long, long time, but you know, you could do a similar thing with the, with the, with the beef, do like a barbecue beef. You take like a pork, um, I mean a beef chuck roast or something and really salt and pepper it really well and just cook it until it pulls. It's a, it's a long process. You do it on low and slow, cook it until it pulls, do a barbecue beef sandwich. And you're saying probably throw that baby in like first thing in the morning, right? Hey, everyone, get your drinks ready, okay? Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Somebody's battery's running low on their phone. It's in danger of interrupting the podcast. Hey, so, we would rather have everybody take a sip of what they're drinking to get your phone charged in the rolling sound booth. Absolutely. Yeah. It's got to be done. It's it's certainly not professional, but you know when you got a toddler trying to sleep upstairs, you can't be up flapping your gums about beef and barbecue and football. You gotta you gotta go down to the. You gotta do the move. You gotta do it live from Pacific Avenue, man. I get it. Got to be done. Um, Yeah, I would do low and slow. Um, You don't want to get a really expensive cut of meat. Get something that will um, that has some nice connective tissue in it, like a. 
like a chuck roast or something and uh, cook it long slow, maybe braise it in the barbecue sauce so that you've got a liquid. Um, Thin the liquid. Don't just do it straight in barbecue sauce because it's going to continue to reduce and it might become overwhelmingly sweet and caramelized. And yeah, cook it all morning, basically. I like that. Okay. Speaking of getting cooked all morning, are the Rams going to come back high-flying on offense ever again this season and cook the hot boys of Dallas or no? Is it going to be a low-scoring game because Jared Goff is, is back to being Jeff Fisher, Jared Goff? I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I actually went to go see them play um, Philly and lose. And I'm, I, you know, I'm sitting there ready to bear witness to our genius, um, you know, coach who looks like he could be your brother. Yeah, people tell me Sean McVay and I look like a lot alike. Your brother looks like your brother. He does. Yeah. Sean McVay and I look more alike than my actual biological brother, the aviator, Alex Viano. <laughs> Fact, so, not opinion. <laughs> you know, I think that, like, especially when you're doing Movember, you know. Oh, my Movember look had Sean McVay written all over it. You're right. You should have done it for October, and then you just do it for Halloween. But then you have to wear a Rams jersey. Next year, I'm getting a Motorola headset or whatever they're using now, Bose headset. I'm just going to walk around all October being like, I'm Sean McVay for Halloween. <laughs> um, I think that the Rams are going to have a hard time in this game. Yeah. It's not going to feel like a home game. There's going to be a lot, a lot of, of Dallas fans, fans, right? Yeah, the Cowboys do their, um, their um, not spring training, their training camp up in Oxnard. That's right. In Ventura County. There's, uh, you know, a lot of years where there was either bad football or no football in L.A. So you got a lot of Cowboy fans that have grown out of that. that they, go, you know, they go up and watch training camp. And they've been Cowboy fans for a long time, and they're not just going to switch just because the Rams moved to town. And the tickets are expensive, which means that there's a lot of pressure on them. People are buying them. Yep. The secondary market's still really high, and I think it's gonna feel like a it's gonna feel like a cowboy game in there. And I don't know about the Rams, man. I I watch I watch the um, the play calling in the Philly game, and I, I was really I was surprised by how basic it was like they try some reverses they get guys on the move but there's also a lot of calls that were strictly timing fade routes to the outside that give Goff no other option there's no read in there he just gets the snap and he throws it up and he hopes that his tall receiver pulls it down on an obvious mismatch yeah and it didn't work at all and I, I hate that play just in general um I think it, it really handcuffs the quarterback to a situation that he can't really um, evaluate. Yeah, he can't adapt to what's going on. You know, he's... it's all about Gurley. I mean, it's such a cliche to say it's all about the running game, but if Gurley gets going, then everything on offense is easier. And if Gurley struggles, then all the whole passing game um, starts to fall apart because you can no longer use play action effectively to set up anything, and the receivers can just, the cornerbacks and safeties can just sit on their heels and just try and cover up the deep stuff and keep you in front. You need the running game, especially on those those offenses where you're crossing the field a lot and you're you're trying to work, you know, the underneath stuff. You need the running game so that these guys aren't, like, ready to, you know, kill you every time you catch the ball. They need to be thinking that somebody might be running at them really mad with the ball on their arms. Yeah, and girly healthy is... You know, look at the first 10 weeks of the season. I mean, gosh darn unstoppable. He's quite a player. He really is. And, you know, I'm not sure what's happened to them in the, in, up front. Maybe their offensive line's all dinged up. But, you know, they get the week off. 
they've had they had a week where they can work on themselves and a week where they can work on the Cowboys. But it's not going to be a home game. It's not going to feel like it at all. Yeah. So what what's your take? You think uh, Rams squeak out of it? Or you think the Cowboys pull the upset? I think the Rams might pull it off only because the Cowboys. They they remind me. I mean, just they basically were the mirror of what the Seahawks did against the Cowboys. Yeah, they really like they're really timid offensively. It's based on Ezekiel Elliott. They don't seem to trust Dak very much. You know, it's funny. Yeah, what's funny though? You know, the Rams are going to be running and gunning, and you're going to have to keep up. See, that's the thing. If the Rams are, are successful offensively, I think Dallas is just outgunned. But if it turns into one of those kind of weird, funky games where maybe the Rams are settling for field goals, kind of like the Chargers had to do for a while last week in Baltimore, it really allows Dak to get heated up. Because what I've noticed is if the Cowboys are down like 10 in the fourth quarter, they finally just say, okay, Dak, go make some plays. And a lot of times he will, you know, because I think he's like a winning mentality type of guy. Um, But the game, when you're down by 10, the defense is in cover three off coverage. Right. It's real easy to move the ball against it. That's why every NFL game seems to come down to the wire because yeah. teams, I mean, it's rare that teams continue the game plan the entire game. Like the Eagles did it against the Patriots in the Super Bowl last year. And I was like, wow, like, you know, if it, if it didn't like hurt so much physically to watch that happen, like I'd almost applaud them because <laughs> right. they didn't, they didn't play into the Patriots hands, which was knowing that we're going to play our style for the entire game, every last second until the game is over, and you guys are eventually going to roll it up, and you're going to hand over, and you're going to hand it over, and all our, our little crap is going to work, and we're going to dink and dunk, and then we're going to get a little bit of momentum, and then we're going to score a touchdown, and something Patriot is going to happen. We're going to get another touchdown, and now you're looking at each other saying, "What happened? Happened? Like we were winning." So yeah, and they stuck maybe, to their plan. You know, most teams do that, and that's why Dak looks great at the end of the game, part of why. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. The Rams are loaded on defense, even though you wouldn't be able to tell from the, the point totals that they give up, but they do have a lot of players that can get after it. And, you know, they're not going to make it easy on Dak if he's trying to drop back to pass because they can rush They can the rush it, yeah. I mean, basically it's going to come down to you already nailed it on the head. Is, it, is Elliott more effective or is Gurley more effective and can the teams do what they want to do based on the running game working or not? I think – I'd love to say Rams are going to win big, but I think the Rams win ugly as well. I think the bye week is what's the difference really because they're probably a little fresher. Um and and I, and I do think McVeigh's a good coach. I just don't know if he's as genius as they, they think they, they thought he was five weeks ago. Um, they're they're hiring anyone that has been in the same room as him to be a head coach. It's really funny. I mean, I wasn't planning on talking about it, but everybody's been joking about it. You know, sports media on Twitter, etc. Everybody's basically saying, you know, yeah, if you're like his roommate's uncle's valet, you know, you're the new coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the you know whatever. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Cliff Kingsbury, I was talking about this with Roscoe P. yesterday. The guy flopped at his alma mater. Like, why on earth does he qualify to coach an NFL team? And they were almost going to hire him for the Jets. I mean, the New York media would have eaten him alive. If you can't hand, and again, I have really no ill will towards Cliff Kingsbury. He was on the Patriots for a hot second. He was a hell of a college player. He's super handsome. I'm not jealous. I'm not a hater. Good for you, dude. 
But well, like we can all be handsome, you know. We don't have to be mad at handsome people. No, of course not. My point is, he's all those things. What he's not is somebody who even handled the Lubbock, Texas media well. <laughs> right. And right. Lubbock ain't even a real place. Yeah, Lubbock has got like Rush Limbaugh. So like, if you can't handle that as like the favorite high school football cover, right? The favorite son who came back. You couldn't be, you know, again, I'm not trying to turn this into the Cliff Kingsbury show, but, yeah, you get no shot in New York, and I don't think you have a shot in Phoenix either, frankly. I think it's a friendlier landing spot. Expectations are, are more realistic. That's fair. You know, they're, they're hiring offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches to be head coaches, and we'll see how it goes. But I think it's a short-lived um, obsession, and it just shows why the NFL is so mediocre and why the successful franchises are able to be successful so consistently is because they're just smarter and they're just better organizations. Right. And nobody wants to hear that. They want to think that it's like, you know, cheating or if, it, you know, it's like, you know, intercepting the radio waves or whatever. But it's just, <laughs> it's about being smarter and more effective with your time, you know? Yep. Yep. It's having a better roster and everything, continuity and everything. Um, speaking of that, let's talk about the Patriots and the one o'clock game on Sunday against. Listen for this creative nickname. I'm taking a page out of the Anaheim Angels book. The Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. <laughs> sure. Or perhaps the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. These are the San Diego Chargers. Yes. I'm filing an official protest with the filibuster freestyle board. I will maybe never refer to them as the Los Angeles Chargers. They will be the San Diego Chargers, and that's just going to be the way it's going to be. I will refer to them as the fish taco San Diego Chargers, if I <laughs> please. But I am not calling them the LA Chargers. Although, I did think maybe it would be funny, since they play in Carson, which is best known for having one of the two Ikea locations in Los Angeles County. Nice. That if you want to make food for the Chargers, uh, you know, tailgate experience, just go to Ikea, buy some Swedish meatballs, <laughs> and heat them up in the microwave, and throw them somewhere. <laughs> They play in a 30,000-seat stadium that they can hardly fill in front of fans that don't even really care. Their real fans hate them. Yep. And it's a perfect example of a greedy billionaire who, you know, held a fan base over the barrel long enough trying to get their building paid for and then finally left, and now they're going to play piggyback to the Rams' beautiful stadium in, in sunny Inglewood, California. And nobody, I don't know a Charger fan. Well, you know why? Because you live in Los Angeles, and they're all in San Diego. Yeah, they're all in San Diego, exactly. San Diego guns. They're all pissed off. They don't. They don't want. They, they. They don't want to root for these guys. They're really bitter. It would be like if the if the uh, Seattle SuperSonics fans still like the Oklahoma City Thunder. They yeah. don't. It, it just like no, you like you you left right. Although the exception to the rule is the Raiders, but the Raiders are just Raider fans are. But the Raiders are the Raiders are a brand. Like if we go back to the seventies when only like six teams mattered, right? Packers, Steelers, Cowboys, Raiders, and like two others that I don't give a damn about, you know? Maybe only four LA, they left. LA fans still rooted for them. They're in Oakland and they're back I mean, like they're back and forth. Now they're going to Vegas. They'll probably still retain. They might play in San Diego next year for a year, they're saying. Like the Raiders brand is now just it's just That's like a, an insane talking point. This is, I mean, we are like through the looking glass here. Oh, no question. My point is, um, 
San Diego hates the Chargers, but we like fish tacos. So tell me what we can do with fish tacos. Well, I assume that's what we're doing for San that, Diego. The way that a San Diego fish taco is done, you could also do taquitos because they love their rolled tacos down there. Taquitos. And I mean that's that's a simple one. You just buy buy the frozen ones. Don't try and make your own homemade taquitos. Buy the frozen ones. Make a nice guacamole. Cook them according to the package instructions and lay them out on the platter and sit down and watch a game. There's a Patriots game on. You don't want to be screwing around in the kitchen. But if you do make fish tacos, just get like a nice white fish, like a tilapia or something. Oh, yeah. Cook it well in some some hot oil, like a grapeseed oil or canola oil, something that doesn't have a lot of flavor that has a real high smoke point. Make sure you salt and pepper it before you do it. Get a nice crust on one side, flip it, and then basically take it out. Just let it kiss the second side because it's a, it's a thin fish. It doesn't take long to do it. And your garnishes, you, you want to have some cabbage. You want to have some queso fresca or some crema, which if you don't have a Mexican market or uh, a Latin American market, just get some sour cream and, like, thin it with a dash of milk or something. And... Um, and if you can't find, like, a hard, crumbly Mexican cheese, just put some cheddar cheese on it. And a little bit of salsa, and it's delicious. If you want to really zhuzh it up, then deep fry it. Ooh, yeah. Again, use a, a high school, use a peanut oil or shortening or grapeseed oil and do, like, an egg wash where you dip the fish in the eggs and then you dip it in the breadcrumbs yep. or, or, the, or the batter, depending on what you make. And it's, it's a quick fry. Just make sure your oil is the right temperature. It should be like 350 degrees. But the, the nice way to do that if you don't have a thermometer is you just put a little piece of what you're going to be cooking in the oil. And when it starts bubbling like crazy, you know, that means the oil is the right temperature. Oh. Just know that you don't want to crowd it too much. If, you put, if you're deep frying and you put too much in there, it's going to bring the temperature of the oil down. And then you're going to end up with some soggy fish. Yeah, we don't want that. So the proper fish taco is generally a deep fried, maybe even a beer battered batter, um, but they're really delicious if you just do a pan fry or even grilled. Yeah, dude, I love fish tacos, and that's. And if you're grilling fish, oil the grates of the grill. Like have like a paper towel sopping with oil and some tongs, and rub it all over the grates, and even put some oil on the fish. That's good advice. It, It'll stick. It'll flake off. You're going to end up with half of it between the grates. You're going to be like thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, our whole our whole objective here is that you're not cleaning your grill and you should be watching the game. You're like hunting like fish out of your grill in January. It's, nobody it's wants not, No one wants that. All right. So I'll tell you who's not going to probably be outside grilling is people in New England watching the Patriots. So oh. where are we going with these guys? You know, I, I mean, it's too easy to say clam chowder, right? You know, it's it's too easy, and yeah. it's but ever it's a crowd pleaser, and it certainly is themed. But I was thinking back, and you know what they have in New England that flies under the radar that you don't really see many other places is steak tips. You know, it's a funny thing you say that. You're right about that. You go to like Pub Ninety Nine, great steak tips, and you get steak tips. So get steak tips, get steak tips, and if you want to do it like the easy way, marinate it in Italian dressing. Yes. No question. And cook the steak tips. 
Don't overcook them. Remember their steak. You don't want them to be well done. No, they're not hamburger tips. Don't crowd the pan. If you crowd the pan, and this is for any meat, if you crowd and vegetables for that matter, if you crowd the pan too much, then the moisture that comes out creates like a steam situation. Yeah. So that everything ends up getting steamed, and you don't get that nice browning. You get the browning from the reaction that happens between the the enzymes in the in the proteins or the vegetables and the, the heat and the fat and the oil. And if you get too much water and moisture in there then you don't get the browning and you want the browning. It makes it delicious. That's what you want. That's exactly what you want. So yeah, steak tips. I like yeah. that. That's a nice take. It's a nice, and by the way, still make the clam chowder, but like have steak tips too. That's great. Yeah. If it's clam chowder, make it the night before. Yep. And then just put it on lower, put it in the crock pot or something. Let her simmer. Let her, or, you know, as they say up there, simmer. Let it simmer. Let it simmer, brother. Yeah, yeah oyster crack is. Bro, I got Miller Lights with my clam chowder. Uh, who's winning this game, JJ? Oh, God. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, fa- I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm, I, this is the least confident I've been since we finally cracked the code on the Ravens back in 2014 with the now illegal formations and things of that nature. The, the two 14-point deficit game? Yes, or- Yes. The, the missed kick, Lee Evans, can't hold on the ball, Julian Edelman game. Yes, all those games, yes. Right, those are two different ones. I think 14 was the f- two 14 points. Yes, 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 yes. 13 was the, the Lee Evans, and 14 was the two tw- 14 point deficits. Yes, so um, I'm scared. And uh, similar to Andrew Luck, though, like, you know, is, this seems to be the year of Phillip Rivers. Yep. He's got some signature wins. Yep. They can run. They can catch. They, they're talented on both sides of the ball. Yep. Good returner. Coach that you know has his, has his head you know out of his rear end, and you know the only things that I think the Patriots have going for them is the Chargers have to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast twice in like eight days and play a ten a.m. game in their clock. Yep. It's gonna be cold. It's probably gonna be windy. Hopefully, there's a little precipitation. Yep. And that's really it. That and we've got a bunch of guys that you assume are going to turn it on in the playoffs because they always have. But it may be a bloodbath or it might just be one of these classic like Belichick knows how to win every kind of football game there is. Yep. He's like he's watching the games. He has golf pencil out and he's like, oh, <laughs> I've one of these in a while. Oh, cover seven. <laughs> this is fun. Oh, we'll do two down linemen. Okay. Well, we're going to run off tackle right 30 times. Yep. Yep. And then you finally come out of your stupid formation, then we're going to start chucking bombs. And, you know, they can control the game, and and the Chargers are so stink-bitten when it comes to the Patriots. It's like I'm just – I'm counting on – again, I'm counting on the Patriots to just kind of like figure it out and win some crappy game. And hopefully the Chargers throw up on themselves. But the Chargers should win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but they should have won in 2006. And they like we've never blown them out. No, no, you're right. But we've always handled them. And they've had some... In my mind, they've actually had some teams that were maybe more electric than this team that they have. But this team actually seems like to be their most complete Chargers team I've ever seen. The 2016 was 14 and two. Yeah. I was at that. 
Oh, yeah, you were Antonio there. Gage came to San Diego, yeah. Antonio Gates was in his prime. LaDainian Tomlinson was in his prime. Sean Merriman was still on steroids. Yep. Philip Rivers looked like he might be the guy. Um, I think it was North Turner's first year. Yep. Or no, it was Marty's last year. I forget. But, like, the the Chargers were better. They were a better team. They were winning most of that game. Yep. And then, like, you know, next, you know, Troy Brown's playing DB, and he punches a ball out, and it's a fumble, and the Patriots get the ball, and and then they go down, and they, they win the game, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, the Chargers are so upset. And that's, not, and that's why when I'm trying to pick this game, I'm like, what I, what I want to happen, obviously, is Patriots win by one or more. What I think will happen is the Chargers will win by one or more, but the Patriots on a bye week with all the history you just talked about, they might have one last trick left in the bag this year. There's a path for them to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm kind of scared of that. I don't really I yeah. don't want them to lose the Super Bowl again. I agree. The Patriots are 5-5 five the, and, five and five in Super Bowls and 5-4, and four, obviously, with Tom Brady, so... Five and three, excuse me, Tom Brady. Yeah, and like, like, there's nothing wrong with five and four. It's like, hey, you know, we've been in nine, but it's so agonizing. The Super Bowls are like, it's just agonizing. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, that's fair. But I really do want them to make it to the AFC Championship game. No, hell yeah. The, like the streak that they're on is, it's really important to me. Like, I don't know why, but the idea of like winning the AFC or going to the AFC Championship. Eight years in a row, it's just like they're piling up stats right now. They're just absurd. They're never going to be done. You know, not never again, but they're they're going to be fifty years before someone made maybe touches these uh, in terms of continued continued excellence, continued winning, totally. And so, to your point, they're they're sixty minutes away from an eighth straight AFC title game, win or lose. And to your point, you know if they're hosting the Colts. In Fox, I mean, they're probably win, they're probably going to win forty-one to seventeen, like they always do against the Colts. Now, exactly, the Colts just hung a banner that says one and zero. Yeah, yeah, they did, and they also. I want people to not to forget that the Colts hung up an AFC finalist banner, meaning they lost to the Patriots the year of Deflategate. Screw you guys, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, who who can? Where do you even go with these guys? Yeah, I want to come back to them in a bit because I want to wrap it up with who I want to see in the in the big game, the Super Bowl, least to first. Okay, um, spoiler alert: the Patriots. I want to see them there, but, but to Jeremy's point, not really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I do, I'll be happy for the moment. So, final game: the Saints in New Orleans, Superdome, playing a team they beat by like forty three points six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, and the Philadelphia Eagles. The backing into the playoffs, BDN, St. Nick, go F yourself. Excuse my language, everybody. Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start Nick with... Nick Foles, man. What can you say about Nick Foles? I'm not hating on Nick Foles. I'm just hating on everything hating else. Hating on Philly and Philly fans and the Eagles. Yes. But Nick Foles, but, I can't say a bad word about him. He shows up in December and January. Yeah, apparently. I mean, it's unbelievable, but... In terms of food, you know, look, you want to be you want to be pedestrian. You make a Philly cheesesteak. Yep. Sure, but you want to take it up a notch. You make the Philly roast pork sandwich. Yep. Broccoli Robbie, sharp provolone on a nice Italian piece of bread. Pork. Oh. That's 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 the definitive answer, and maybe get some soft pretzels with an array of mustard and cheeses. 
Yes, and then like you know, if you really want to be Philly, yell stupid crap the entire game, and then you're basically living like an Eagle fan. Well said. And honestly, that's the only time we need to dedicate to the Eagles. Let's go to the gumbo. Let's go to the jambalaya. What do you got cooking? It's jambalaya. Make jambalaya. Have it on low and slow in a crock pot or on the stovetop in a, in a Dutch oven or a big you know stock pot. Make jambalaya. I'm not going to tell you how to make jambalaya. Here's Just do it. Go on the internet. Google it. Make jambalaya. Do some quick searches. If you're not super comfortable, do like easy jambalaya. Do like quick jambalaya. Like jambalaya hacks and like read about different ways that people make it that um aren't that technically challenging jambalaya hacks is also a great fake band name of the week jambalaya hacks it's like a it's like a new they're a new orleans based wedding band the jambalaya hacks I like that. They're, they probably already exist. They better. And there's definitely should be a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. And they have a trombone. They Oh, yeah. No question. Maybe two. Um, <laughs> all right. I don't know about jambalaya versus a roast pork, sharp provolone, broccoli rob combo. I'll probably go jambalaya just because of how off, off-brand I am on Philly right now. And also, jambalaya, you, as, the, as the host, you can just make it and then leave it. People warm. serve themselves. And just, yeah, eat. Like, you don't have to be making sandwiches and crap. Like, just eat eat the jambalaya and enjoy the game. You're rooting for New Orleans anyway. Yep. You should be. I'm talking to you, Dan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the I see you. I hear you. Tell you what, the Philly contingent loves the freestyle. We love them, but, man, we disagree on the Eagles. Um, not today. Not today. Not up in here. Section. War has been declared. Yeah, it, it I is. sat in the Coliseum surrounded by Eagle fans, and after about 10 minutes of that, I started rooting for the Rams. You know what I care about the Rams? I don't. I was just going to go and enjoy the game, a little blue-collar opera. Instead, I find myself making some noise to try and combat the meatheads that surrounded me. Well oh, said. Well said. They, they lost me, like... So fast, I barely, I didn't even make it in the building, and I was like, oh, these people all need to go. <laughs> totally agree. Um, I don't love think, you, I don't nice think, airport. great airport, right? I don't think, much love to Chickies and Pete's and their crab fries in the airport. Um, listen, I don't think the Saints are going to win by 40 points again, but I really, the Saints are going to pull this one off, right? They better. I mean, it's kind of on them to, like, I, all this majestic, mystical, St. Nick crap. Listen, the Bears were started Mitchell Trubisky, whatever his name is, a quarterback. Okay. And he's, he can't throw the ball. Right. We're talking about. He's Tim Tebow. He's a new Tim Tebow. We're talking about Drew M.F. Breeze here, okay? At home. At home. In the Superdome. Which is a tough whatever place to play. Whatever home field advantage that the Rams don't have, the Saints going have. To be double. In the Superdome. Yeah. Because here's the, the thing. New Orleans defense is so much better at home. Yes. They can just pin their ears back and just get after it. Yep. The, the, Please, like, curb stomp this Philadelphia, like, repeat dream. I will be really upset if the Saints don't win that game. Yeah, I've never rooted so hard against an underdog in my life. I've never even, like, I guess, like, occasionally I, I'm, I find myself rooting for a team to be, like, the Jets or... Yeah. 
I guess just the Jets and you know really wanting them to win but I am like I am really down on Philly right now and I'm really high on on Drew Brees and the Saints and it feels like it's Drew Brees's year and we'll see what I guess but I, I'm really pulling hard for them and I really do want a Saints and Rams um, NFC and- title game because they're gonna they're gonna put up like eighty points. Yeah, it's gonna be entertaining. Yeah, that's that's a game that I do not think will end thirteen to ten. Okay. No, I, yeah, I, I don't think that's. Gonna and if happen. it does, have some jambalaya, and I'm sorry, but it won't. Um, all right, let me give you. This is who I'd like to see in the Super Bowl. Okay. Clearly, I'd like to see the Patriots, but I also would be deathly afraid that they would lose again. I'm with you on that. I actually. Chargers and Saints, I have no problem with either one of those two teams in the Super Bowl at all. Yeah. And there's an interesting Drew Brees storyline there. Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah. Let's take the Patriots out of it. I don't have a problem with um, any of the remaining teams. Oh, I do. Outside of Philly. I was going to say, okay, my, my issues are, yeah. I got no problem with the Chargers, Chiefs, Saints, or Rams. Um, I would not prefer, because they play terribly boring football, to see the Cowboys anywhere near the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I just can't wish any success on the Colts. I just can't. Yeah, well, you know, I like I like Andrew Luck, and, you know... Me too. I hate, I hate guys just being losers who have a lot of skill and who have been let down by their management and their, you know, the rosters around them. Um, I, I would be really surprised if they made it to the Super Bowl and I'd probably regret it, but I, you know, I feel happy for Andrew Luck. He's such a goofball. <laughs> I love how that, that Twitter account got love during that game. Did you watch that game? No. What? Tell me about Andrew it. Luck, um, his civil war Twitter account. No. You know about this? No. So there's a there's a, a fake Twitter account. It's like it's Andrew Luck as like a Civil War um, you know soldier writing letters to home, <laughs> and you know it's like dearest mother, we train you know we we fight the Texans this week. I've been running with the Bulls as to train you know. Wow, it, it's it's like it's so funny. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers. And whenever any of them have been memed, I don't I don't follow them actively. But whenever any of them are memed, it's just the funniest thing. And Luck's got that Civil War beard thing. Yep. And, and you know he looks like Jaws from Bond. And yep. I get it. No, that's that's the point. I mean, I don't like the Colts, and they're a six seed, so there'd be some interest to it. But it would all be on Andrew Luck putting it all together, as we alluded to much earlier in the pod. And finally, yeah, the Eagles. I don't want to see them anywhere near the Super Bowl. I don't want to see them anywhere near the. Yep, I want them. I want them at the bottom of my list. I don't want to think about them again until training camp, and frankly, I don't want to think about them then either. I'm gonna rank it. I'm gonna go uh, Patriots. Yep. Saints. Um, Rams. Chiefs. Chargers. And then the other team. Then Colts, Cowboys, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, Colts, sure. You but, know yeah. that you are falling on the radar of America when people are putting the Cowboys before you, Eagles fans. I'm just saying. Well, you know they're, they're kind of the same to me, but um, no, no question. It's it's the fans. It's not the team. No, it's the fan. You. It's not. It's not them. It's you guys. It's you. Correct. You know? 
Correct. And you know what? And I, I, you know, I don't want to declare war on any, on any portion of the listening base 11 months a year. But as Jim Moore once said, it's the playoffs and I'm declaring right. war. And, you know, I mean, nobody hates a Philly fan more than a Philly fan. Also true. If they have any intelligence at all, they know secretly. Like, I cringe when Patriots and Red Sox fans behave in certain manners. Yep, me too. Certain things that they do where I'm like, oh, God, guys, like, you're not helping. Right, you know? you're making it worse. When you're chanting Yankees suck as you as you clinch the World Series in L.A. That's dumb. That makes me cringe. You know, so I, my point is... No one's immune. Intelligent, well-read Eagle fan that would listen to the filibuster freestyle. We love you guys. They understand how bad their brothers and sisters can represent them. Yes. Probably better than we do. They do. So this, one's, this one goes out to them, too. You know, if you make the bowl again... And you really are kissed by cosmic luck every December and January. Good I'm for you. Wa- I'm not. I'm not watching. Probably won't watch. <laughs> no, the puppy no. bowl beckons, man. Yeah, I'm just. I'm going on a hike. Uh, Jeremy's going to be somewhere in the San Gabriel Mountains. I get in the Subaru and I'm going to drive north, and I'm I'm just going to go for a hike and say watch the Super Bowl if the Eagles make it. That's a hot take, and we'll definitely podcast with you live from the top of the mountain looking at a double rainbow. Possible live filibuster freestyle coming one day via Instagram. Tell you what, it, it's 2019, anything is possible. You could answer You could answer live feedback from watchers, uh, listeners, watchers, listeners, because um, they can text you right down there. You have a text machine. Yeah, for sure. That's literally what we were doing a little bit on the Facebook, but I didn't like it because I don't like Facebook. But maybe, yeah, let's bring it back for Instagram because people like Instagram still. It's like, you know, I don't like Toyota, but I like Lexus. You know, I mean, like, it's the same thing, but it's, it's you know, it's just different. They just jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's nice. All right, good. Well, JJ, listen, everybody, JJ gave a lot of good tips. If you get stuck on any of the things he said, Google it. Uh, you can find Jeremy on the Instagram most especially. Man, cook good. It's popping. Jeremy, where was that barbecue place you went the other day? Barbacoa. Oh, that, um, the barbacoa that I had was goat barbacoa in a, in a sauce that, like, oh, it's right around the corner from my house. It's this beautiful little Oaxacan Mexican restaurant. It's been opened by a family. And they're dead. There's nobody in there. And the food is incredible. Their moles are so complex and delicious. And they've got, they've got goat, which is a totally under, underutilized meat. It's so yummy. It's very much like lamb. Um, and they have like a, like it's, it's slow cooked goat in a Mexican spice rich sauce. And I put rice in it and lime and cabbage and salsa. And I, there's a homemade flour tortilla yeah. It was spoke. It sounds dynamite. It looked dynamite when I saw it on your Instagram feed. So to all the listeners, again, follow Jeremy at ManCookGood. You're going to see some great stuff that he makes. And you're going to see some great hole in the wall. And by that, I just mean underutilized, underpopulated restaurants that he finds. And one of the things Jeremy usually says is, get here now before it gets too crowded. So to all the LA Eats people out there, get to this place Jeremy just talked about. What was the name one more time? Uh, like, La Quito Don, I think it's called. Perfect. You know, you know, the thing is, look, you got to support the local stores. Otherwise, if you like them and you don't go there and you just like that they exist, they'll be gone. You know what happens in this highly gentrifying area? They leave. Yep. So if you got a bakery that you like, go buy bread there every week. 
you got a nice little family restaurant where like the dad is behind the counter and the, and the daughter was working at the register. Like go in there and spend your money. No question. Well said. Come on, everybody. Let's do this. Let's keep small business alive. Why the hell not? JJ, stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. Everybody, enjoy the games this weekend. For God's sakes, make yourself some easy to make and view the game and not slave away in your kitchen all afternoon food. For goodness sakes, filibusterfreestyle.com. Please, Apple Podcasts, find the pod, rate the pod, tell your friends about the pod. And all that noise JJ's making, finish your drinks. All right, JJ, thanks for putting your case back on your phone. Hey, everybody had to finish your drinks. All right, JJ, thanks for being on, buddy. Stick around for a minute. We'll catch up.